0: Requires Improvement, a podcast by socialists, educators and organisers. What's going well with the UK education system and what really requires improvement. Uh, my name is Nick uh, and I'm joined today by Anu. Hello. And by Charlie. yeah. Hey and by Lauren. Hi. And by Lee. Hi there. Um, today is wind day.
1: Yay. first wind day I've
0: ever experienced <laughs> you can hear it outside <laughs> oh. uh, it is
1: quite novel isn't
0: it yeah it's very novel I mean yeah. it portends badly for future snow days although I do think on a snow day you, you could argue that um, there's no point because the kids should be outside but today so I mean like yeah t- so today do you
1: think they care about that really uh, do you no, think but they it's, still e- care. It's, e- it's easier for us
0: it's easier for us to make the argument so I mean I I mean just I yeah, maybe maybe it's worth sharing what we what we did today. I um, set some online work, and then my trainee taught the two live lessons, and then I watched the planes land all day. What did everyone else do? Um,
1: I was on a remote inset day. <laughs> uh,
0: so uh, marking um, then?
1: No, uh, listening to lots of things. You
0: have to many
1: to many and- things said in many many. <laughs> words that were unnecessary um yeah that was essentially my day although i was wearing pajamas that felt like a win um
0: like PE teachers yeah yeah
1: (laughs) basically yeah (laughs) it was great (laughs) Well, it wasn't. Um, it was quite, you know, an annoying day. But still, not, I was at home. So
0: was do you not fun. just mark through your because ins- now we have a system at Oscar where they, where they, where management pretend to tell us about stuff and we pretend to listen. So it's quite. It kind of works for everyone because well, they. That
1: can, was my day. Yeah. yeah Entirely, like, so you, it's you can do more use. Day. But you can
0: do more useful stuff.
1: Um, yeah, we did. We did do some more useful things, but also a lot of just yeah being annoyed. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I wasn't well I didn't have any work to do doing uh, support work anyway so it was a day off for me
3: I've been working for a very long time and there are complex factors underlying that But um, I I try to uh, move forward humbly, knowing that uh, I can the best I can achieve currently is to fail gracefully. Um, But I'm not sure I'm even managing that. So, you've (laughs) failed. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Well, you've
1: you've been amazing.
3: Like, there's there's just um, there's been a lot on. We had obviously um, a, a national pay survey on the union, which took up. Some some worthy time, but uh, basically, it's just been everything all at once, and supporting lots of individual members with casework. Um, yeah, it's just a very intense. I imagine experience. there's a
1: lot on Like imagine there's a lot of casework on right now. Like I know where I work in particular, casework has suddenly just skyrocketed because of various changes.
0: It's probably the wind, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The wind is just really really blown it
0: all up but it's quite an intense um it's quite an intense term because really if you think about it we have been working solidly since september even though you have christmas but christmas is quite like a tiring kind of stressful holiday it's not like a complete breakdown so and then you've got those are quite long terms you spend a bit of time building up to it and a bit of time winding down but this like this term january to um february it's quite long this year and it's quite intense isn't it it's like all this preparation for it's exams been, and just yeah. it, there's proper everything you've Lots got to do once changes, a term you have to just do yeah. in that yes. term and you're really you're still quite tired from before and it's cold and it's you're ill and it's just dark and well the,
3: yeah. that's why on a day when the school <coughs> is shut due to gale force winds I am working solidly just to keep my head above water you know and at least this week I've been catching up on the important bit which is helping the students but the amount of bullshit this, that stood in my way prior to that point but hey ho I'm just feeling a bit spread thin and I think the conditions have been so generally difficult for everyone it has weighed heavily on me of late but.
1: yes absolutely I mean yeah it, it feels like this year was supposed to be this whole yay COVID's kind of tailing off I mean obviously it's not but um you know that whole vibe was like yeah it's gonna be fine and just honestly this year has still been I would say a shit as a loss two, um, just to, yeah, I, I'm not feeling any better. Like I'm not feeling the benefit of any kind of, you know, oh, Boris Johnson's side of COVID is over. Um, it, it's just, honestly, it's just been really tough. And I'm just tight. Like, honestly, I'm just knackered. I've had enough. It's like, how many more times do we have to go through this? Like, I'm just fed up and bored. I just, you know, how many times my manager's got to be, Really draconian and awful, and just treat every single person in that building like a friggin' piece of data. Um, we, will,
0: we will get onto those. Yeah, uh, like topics.
1: I'm tired.
0: <laughs> we're all we're all tired. I've had okay. enough. Okay. Like yes.
1: seriously, the,
0: the, the
3: confessional <laughs> opening is that. Yeah, I just feel a bit ruined by procedures. Yeah, there you go.
4: What have I done today? Um, well, I have I've actually oh. been at a UCU conference so UCU prisons co- prison education conference so that's I've had a better day than <laughs> at least 50% of the people here um because it was quite enlightening so and also um quite nice to connect with other people across the prison estate who teach because um the prison education system is very fragmented and um, you are very atomised and isolated, I think, in a way that you're not necessarily um, like th- like that in schools. Um, yeah, because actually I know yeah.
1: nothing about how prison education works. Like, You know, I'm a teacher, I work in education, but I've got no idea.
4: Well, that wouldn't be the case if we were in Norway, which I, which oh. is something I learned today. Um, so uh, just a little thing, because I know we're not going to talk about this, but it might be something worth talking about in the future. Um, all, all educators in Norway do the same training. So there's one standard of training. Um, and whether you teach majority in sort of the primary or equivalent of primary or secondary sector or whether the majority of your teaching is in prisons, you do a percentage of your teaching in the other sector. Okay. So, for example, if I taught, you know, 75% in prisons, I would have to do the remainder of my um, working, like, year or day or whatever in a secondary school. And that's because um, the standard of education is not meant to change for prisoners. Where you wow! So that's that's just one fundamental, um, like fundamental and like mental difference between here and there, which makes um, which which doesn't make prison ed- education like the poor whatever the poor brother or the poor cousin of. Um, mainstream other mainstream sectors so yeah that was really interesting but i would love to talk about it another day yeah
0: (laughs) i would like to know more uh okay so let's um start off by talking about the current uh situation so i mean in our last episode uh there was a rhetorical question which was can nad's army save 2022 was it yeah will will this did so in i mean charlie's gonna talk about this this as the supply expert did a plucky bunch of underdog supply teachers save the education system uh this year so far
2: i don't think that i've seen any that did i've seen a few kind of older supply teachers of varying quality One was like really good but i don't know if he's ever stopped doing it but um Certainly the situation does not seem to have been completely resolved by um, by any such army um, incoming. coming. Uh, what I have seen at the schools I've been working at is definitely a lot of um, combined classes where they all go on iPads or um, little... Um, chromebook computers and just complete online work and in the rooms I've been in with a supply teacher usually the sort of methodology is you hand out the work show on the screen basically the email that you got sent or maybe the link that was attached to the email that you got sent for the tasks zoom into it slightly so the children in the back are still struggling to read it and then just sit there mostly until they get bored and then they start chatting to the kids Um, and a lot of it just feels like basically um, working or online learning but in school like it really feels like that they're at such a strained point as a school Um, and I don't think it's unique from what I can tell it's sort of everywhere they can't afford as many supply teachers as they need they don't have enough Chromebooks to also always just combine them so they just do a hodgepodge of the two so where it is either um, yeah, the combined classes or um, a supply teacher muddling it through some really sort of dry work, but all and all together, it doesn't feel like quality teaching at all. And I know heard, like this is not obviously a criticism, even even of the people that made those decisions. Quite frankly, I think it's sort of an indictment of the fact that you know there's just no money anymore, and I think that's why they're making those things. Could the learning be better, um, even with very little money, maybe just a little bit more time and thought? Yes. Um, but overall, no matter which way you know you look at it, I think it's dire uh, to several yeah, times. Yeah, it's thing.
1: absolutely fucking diabolical, honestly. Um, like, you know, to the point where kids are being put in, they're, they're sort of mashing up four classes together in, in the hall. And playing David Attenborough. I mean, to be honest, that sounds quality. Sweet. Yeah. Like to me, I'd be like, yes, please. Oh, like, that sounds the
2: best fucking lesson I've ever heard. Um, no, so that's not. It's tent, the modern you know equivalent I mean? of rolling out the TV. Yeah, yeah, into and the, the yeah, a little trolley <laughs>
1: with a video player underneath, and yeah, all that's like trying to get the fucking. Scott leading anyway um but yeah it is diabolical it's been really we
0: had, hard we had uh so we didn't get hit that badly by covid so like last year so when when you would have had to isolate for close contacts we we didn't get smashed as badly as other places um either from staff or students but this time around we had 200 kids like a few weeks ago 200 kids out and that's literally 200 kids with covid out loads I can't remember the number of staff but it was really bad the things with askle we've got a lot of part-time so we've got like an old slightly older average age of staff so a lot of part-time uh, teachers which meant they could go if you don't have childcare responsibilities
4: please can you
0: help and teach so like some you know people stepped people stepped yeah. up like staff stepped they got paid for it obviously but <clears throat> they stepped up and, and wanted to help and, and be helpful because they just know the pressure on on other people but yeah 200 uh 200 kids out loads of staff out uh, combined classes in in halls and things like that um point you know like librarians having to take lessons which is not fair on them they're not paid enough to have no, to, to deal with not. that kind of stress it's not yeah. not fair on them no head way. teacher was out deputy head was out <laughs> uh, like all uh, the another head, de- another assistant head was out um yeah and then kids obviously the kids that are then you're teaching if you're in are jumbly because they've had three or four supply teachers yeah. that day um, yeah. the quality of the learning even with a normal teacher teaching is not great because it has these knocking effects uh, and you're thinking
1: yeah.
0: these kids have got to take uh, a lot of them we've got to do exams in a few months' time <laughs> Yes, <laughs> so, and yes. Um, yes. yeah just really say, and then like you know other things and then all the normal kind of stressful you know stressful stuff that happens in a school happens anyway so like we had a member come up to it so this is like we stood on line up in the morning they blow the whistle all the kids line up and all the kids and the staff are like looking around going like where the fuck is everyone <laughs> Like no one's here like you know like a third to like a third to a, uh, you know or more of each tutor group is just like not there and then like one of our um union members comes up to me after the lineup and is like i've just managed to get a wisdom tooth appointment and um i'm in loads of pain and I'm on loads of painkillers and i've asked for the time off and they've said no no. I don't like. That's absolutely outrageous. We will definitely make sure that happens. Yeah. So our rep had to have a massive go at one of the um at the deputy head, who's like criminally useless, like left in charge, <laughs> just utterly useless, and um and uh, yeah, just like what the fuck are you talking about? Like that, you can't. You can't, you actually can't do that If she had Covid, she would have, they would have found someone to cover it You just don't do that Just completely insane So yeah, all the kind of mad stuff that happens anyway that is crazy Like, oh, photocopy's broken, or all other yeah. stuff Kids had to go to this kid That all happens with this other, like, just like, another layer of, um
1: Shit
0: Of chaos pil- piled on top Um, yeah, what's your school be like? You've sent, you've had kids sent home again, haven't you?
3: Yeah, entire year group's out, but it's just the system buckling at its limits. Um, There's not enough supply teachers, and even the ones that the schools can get are from these agencies that are shady as fuck. And... um, Shout out to the BBC for giving a uh, hundred um, times the amount of airtime to uh, the boss of a supply agency rather than actually uh, speaking to teachers. At least, <laughs> you know, union representatives. Anyway, not that I'm bitter or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but honestly, they just used about ten seconds of me talking about how there's a lot of COVID in the school. Like I was used by the BBC to state the obvious, and then there was no. I mean, wh- why would you then subsequently speak to a profiteer from the situation? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just excellent local reportage. Yeah, I'm calling you out,
0: Points West.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: The um. Wh- but is there some deal with supply agencies, because I can't really follow it, because some members have been saying, is it true that we own, our school only has a connection with one supply agency, and you you can't be with multiple ones, because that would be the best way to are with, with all the supply agencies, if you're stuck, you can call someone else. It sounded like they had an exclusive deal with just this one group.
2: It's all smoke and mirrors, uh, as far as working out what's really going on, but... Um, I think that that is or can be true. It's like the types of deal. Like, you think about, forget the fact that it's to do with kids, forget the fact that it's to do with learning. Those are business arrangements made by business people. So an exclusivity contract is just a type of contract, isn't it? And you get benefits from that. So they will probably have been offered cheaper rates or little... You know, sweeteners to the deal, um, as um, as compensation for the fact that they can't seek other um, agencies where they those agencies not to, well the agency they've got the deal with to supply the work, but also the agency would have to then make promises that they will provide. Um, you know. Um, supply staff at any cost
0: that is the free market working perfectly i think i mean i don't really understand <laughs> it but i just assume that is that is how things would work so anything different would be communism and that's bad don't yeah.
2: you don't you feel when you're at schools that everything's working perfectly the free market is really yeah, oh, handing yeah, yeah. us all what we want yeah i wonder if um paradise.
4: i wonder if most like multi-academy trusts will go the way of um western college whereby the the ceo also owns the supply agency that um <laughs> oh supplies the teachers so he's got you know on on their um, portfolio they've got like about five subsidiary companies that that he owns so um I, i'm flabbergasted that that isn't actually the case already um but yeah, um, I was just gonna. It's the point talk-
1: where that's what's flabbergasting—not that it's actually happened in the oh, first yeah, place. Is that no, of course, it's like, no yeah. not that it's occurred? That's not what makes me. Yeah,
4: no, I'm just like the uh, fact that it's, it's just not everywhere. It can't be. I mean, that's probably in the pipeline with a lot of yeah, trust at the imagine, moment. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking about because obviously in in prisons it's very different in that you can't just get cover. Uh, well, unless you're. Your your um, education is provided by Western, whereby they can probably get covering quite easily because he owns the cover. Um, the, cover <laughs> the
0: supply. I know agency. a guy. It's, it's, it's
2: me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> has yeah. It's so like yeah. security
4: yeah. and vetting. Lane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like security and vetting will probably be like a lot more streamlined if you own your own supply agency. But um, but obviously like in prisons as well, you've been hit by COVID and absence. Um, and but I think. So, the so the kind of the the reason that things need to keep running in schools is obviously because you have um, children that or young people that are taking exams and there are league tables to consider and progressate and whatever and it's the only rates. thing they yeah. consider it's um, the only thing and similarly like even though education doesn't like they don't no one at the top cares about whether a prison is going to get come out with a qualification but what they do care about is that uh, they've paid money to these providers and they want to get value for money from their contracts so um it's, it's so so you're having things like like nick said you know like people that aren't qualified to do certain jobs having to do them because the staff member's out but i've also heard of um in prisons where the teachers of functional skills are teaching in the same class they're teaching entry level learners so that could be like entry one or two alongside in the same class trying to get them all through alongside like level two learner oh, so we were saying you know it's the equivalent of like having um a, like you know pro a, a, a a six-year-old in a class with a, a 16-year-old yeah, and trying yeah. to get them all to, like, pass their various... Yeah, so, so or, so like, be being there. in university where you're teaching, you know, um, like, a humanities subject a long time, a, side, a science subject in the same lecture theatre. It's just absolute madness. But um, I think they've also clocked that if you... It, you can do that if you then think, right, the, the person in the classroom isn't a teacher, they're, a, de, they're delivering... Or they're a facilitator, yeah. so I think I wonder if um, COVID a is just yeah,
1: like someone who's presenting the PowerPoint yeah, just you know, I'll just say what's on the slides yeah. So I think do this thing and
4: yeah, I wonder yeah. if COVID might just accelerate this um, for for the managers this like really kind of well just beautiful situation where they don't have to pay. The person in the classroom very much, and they can just like chat get through the churn. Yeah, So that's I what think, it's all yeah. about.
1: Like I'm, I've been asked to plan schemes of work. Like basically, can you create all the resources for this like unit? Like I want PowerPoints, and they have to have um, the spec points. They have to have a requisition slide sheet. If we need anything, they have to have um, obviously your retrieval questions and and all of these all of this criteria. So essentially, it's a fucking planned lesson. Now, I already did this in the first lockdown for a unit, and they're asking me to now do a different unit. And I'm like, well, no, A, I've fucking done that already. And and B, that's not how I teach. I I don't, I'm not a PowerPoint teacher. Like, I'll have my, like, retrieval questions on the board, like, when they come in, absolutely. Like, it's five minutes, you know, you do your thing. But I know what I'm teaching. I've got, like, if it's an exam question we focus on, or whatever, a certain skill, like, I know. And my explanations are me and a ball pen and whatever kind of maybe practical resource that I need to demonstrate something. Like, I don't do this whole, and now I'm just like a weather person and I'm going to click to the next slide and tell you what's on this slide. And, like, that's just not fucking teaching. Okay, sorry, some people, fine, whatever. But I, personally for me, it's not how I how operate. The key is
0: to try and put as and, much as possible on each slide so you don't have to change <laughs> it as Yeah, often. but that's also
1: that's thing. what I'm saying. Like, we are saying, like, we're asked to sort of do these resources... Um, And it's just like click and go and no. Mm. I'm not I've decided that I've actually I'm doing a nick here and I'm not doing it. (laughs) Like really, I genuinely thought I was like and I even said I was like (laughs) to my department, I was like, I'm not doing this. And they're like, What? I was like, because I'm planning lessons I'm not gonna teach for other people. I'm not gonna teach these lessons. So, why the fuck am I doing work that I like? is taking my time that I'm not even going to use. There's no benefit or value to my students. There and are
0: like packages of resources. To, there are, yeah, well, there are packages no, of resources that you can buy, and that's definitely cheaper than making it like using a teacher's time to do it. You could just go online and go, If you're, Oh, we need a scheme of work and we're desperate. Okay, spend. Tess has
1: got it. Spend 50 qu- Yeah, literally, yeah. like
0: not more than 50 quid. Just like yeah. buy it. Just buy it then. It's like, no, because we're just, everyone is, everyone just does everything of their ass to do it. But
1: it's all because we're being. Um, Curriculum alignment. Don't forget that buzzword that's going out right
0: now. Well, just because buy it then. I have to yeah, just exactly. buy it. Just buy exactly. the thing. I don't have to do any planning. It's like if you're really going to make us all do the same thing, just get it from somewhere else. If they genuinely, because that's the, it's getting to that point. So like if you genuinely think there's only one way to teach this, this like one, you know, perfect like model of all teaching, just go and pay someone for it, yeah. and then and then save me some time. But um, anyway, we try and how do we solve cover? Because I was just thinking, I don't actually mind doing cover lessons really but i would have to have you know if i had a lot less teaching on my timetable i wouldn't mind doing more cover lessons because it's kind of funny to just see another yeah. to be in another classroom and I, I did um i did covers like my first teaching job and basically just, i quite like the adrenaline thrill of like being sent the powerpoint as the kids are filing into the room <laughs> I, that's where i learned all my best Danger bad
3: teaching <laughs>
0: yeah it's where i learned all my best bad habits <laughs> teaching, as well of like yeah. never doing the register properly just counting the number of kids and then just like Entering as many kids as we were. <laughs> oh my god! No, no. Well, it's you check. Fucking well, safe no, because nightmare. no, it isn't. It, because, no, no, register isn't safe. Most registers sure, that's aren't a good safeguarding. Point. Yeah, yeah, sure. So you, why waste any time with it? Like just yeah, different ways of like not having to learn their names and stuff like that. So supply <laughs> teaching is quite good for certain things. Is um, <laughs> there
4: so um, a disclaimer here? Like they, I didn't really do that. I actually no. <laughs> I did ask if you know Adrian was in. Instead of guessing, you just look at
0: the lessons were... earlier in the day, and if the kids have been in all day, you just tick them in. And then if there's someone who hasn't been in, you don't tick them in. And then you count the kids there, and you go, "Was oh, 26 on the register? There's 26 in you the room." You've even
4: got the excuse of being a little bit deaf. Like I've got that. So the kid will say his name five times, and I'll be like, "Yeah, okay, I'll
0: mark that kid in." I never, I never I go, never I never go, I never go down the register. It's such a waste of time. I just. Look at the gaps. I, in my own classes, I, I, I know who's not there, and I go...
1: teaching, like, kids go missing all the fucking time. Like, yeah, and I, look, I, know, where class, I yeah,
0: know where they sit. In my own class, I know where they sit, and yours, I'm just... I don't but. say the... Well, you say their names every lesson. That's um, mental. Well,
1: I'm instantly where <laughs> a, what a waste kid, of time there wasn't even supposed to be in my lesson, so when I was off... What? The supplier teacher let some random kid into my classroom and just sit there the entire lesson, didn't clock that he shouldn't have been there for the entire lesson, and this kid... Put all my gas taps on, maximum, right? Amazing. Little Classic. prick. <laughs> oh, no. I know. I, oh, mate. I, I can't say too much, but oh, my God. So, not turn off at the wall, though. No, because, um, you know, you that's for the electricity as well. Anyway. What? So, said child basically gassed out my room um, because no one did registers, so no one knew where the F this kid should have been or why he was missing, whatever. Um, yeah, and then... Uh, my year sevens walked in, the lesson after this class had departed, and they were like, fuck, like, reeks of, of gas, like, proper gassed out, apparently, like, to quite dangerous levels. The TA, the one TA I have, the one TA, just, just when I say TA, I don't mean you to think that this is normal, okay? Like, this is the one TA I have in this one lesson. Um, but, yeah, this one TA, she was like, yeah, no, it's really bad. Like, if someone had, like, sparked up, like a match or something the place like it would have been quite bad <laughs> and I was like oh shit now this is when I was you know um, away from school because I was doing a school trip but yeah essentially the whole i like I'd literally just
0: that could have killed one of yeah, the it could have killed one of the weedier the one of the weedier that, year sevens like well, a little I mean, canary like, in the coal exactly, mine exactly
1: but annoyingly okay some schools maybe the kids actually just go where they're supposed to be the school I teach at currently they really don't they do anything to not be where they're supposed to be and that creates infinite chaos for classroom teachers for behaviour team for the safeguarding team the like office staff like honestly it it is uh, I feel like I'm at a crisis point really (laughs) Hmm. sorry but it's true
0: Charlie are you trying to get in there?
2: sorry no
3: I mean, every register I do, it feels like I'm rolling the dice in Dungeons and Dragons. As an am I so tired I can't see properly and I'm going to have a genuine case of mistaken identity? Or well, perhaps if we're using your register method, Nick, um, you know, a kid has left the class and been replaced by a new one. Uh, you know, that that's too issues. But safe-guarding you can see if issues. they've not been. <laughs> So you're saying you're using a seating plan with your method? If it's my classroom,
0: it's I do life. not read the names out. That is a massive waste of time. No, what are you talking, talking if about? If it's a supply, cover. if it's a cover, if it's a, if it's a supply lesson, then uh, I don't have them very often now. So I can waste the time by like saying the names and go through it in loads of detail, but. Previously, if if you're sat in the room and like the kids are like filing in and you're having to like get the thing on the board and stuff, then and it's like period three, which is not a statutory requirement to register them. Then anyway, no. you just look, are they in on it's Trust me, it's fine.
4: You had a point. Though. Someone <laughs> did die once, but yeah. otherwise, no, it's fine. I mean, apart I'm from just... that, it's been flawless.
0: You were yeah. going to make a point though about
4: how we solve cover. Sorry.
0: Oh, I don't know. I, I don't. I think teachers in the school should do more cover, but that would require us being timetable for a lot less. Yeah. But I think and and obviously is. we need there should be some flexibility in the system and have supply teachers somewhere but that is not shouldn't be the only way to plug those holes I would say. Mm. Uh, anyone else?
2: I mean short term <clears throat> yeah it it's a really tricky one um and I think there's no one solution that would would solve it but I think obviously paying the supply teachers a lot more um would make one big difference <laughs> yeah. obviously. Yeah. And long term to achieve that financially would be to get rid of the middleman agencies. Or but also maybe just make them be more like held to account. Like we like, how about you just maintain the same profit as last year? Because like why do you need to profit off the situation? And anything that's on top of that just kind of Split between paying the agency workers and like giving a bit of relief on the schools because they don't need to make greater profit from a greater situation. Like they have probably massively lined their profits their pockets.
0: Mm. so that that Jamie Driscoll, you know him, the the talk socialism guy. He's like a metro mayor up in the northeast, mm. and he's not, sort of like proudly socialist with all the stuff he comms he puts out. Uh, he had a post the other day about supply and he was saying would it be a bad idea if a council set up a set up a supply agency thing so I mean that would be that would be really interesting and a council running the Preston model it would just be kind of it just yeah obviously it's a no brainer you would just do that no
2: definitely and then when we talked about it the last time we were talking about sending in all of the retired teachers like that would have been amazing if they'd have gone through and I would have gone by that way as well if they'd have gone through the council rather than to be doing it um, through the agencies um, that would have been an amazing setup. like you said before with the connections that uh, all the exclusivity deals that uh, agencies have I think those need to be dismantled and said that it's, it's wrong because it does mean a huge blocker to any potential plan to transition to having um, local authority models or something like that or basically a not-for-profit model of any variety even if it was um, in the sort of interim of private um, business that's doing it, yeah. Uh, But so long as they want their slight discount on Mm. how much they're getting ripped off, um, (laughs) the the system continues to reinforce itself.
0: Okay, Uh, we're ready for the next... uh segment on um bullying management cunts or uh, yeah. so yeah so uh well I'm sure we can all we could all uh talk about this. So we've got um yeah, managers are not your friends and yeah. the bad. Uh do you wanna, do you wanna leave this off we'll have some like ways of killing yeah. them involved as well. Well I think so you're Sharpen your you guillotines.
4: Yeah, alluding to um a situation that we've been dealing with at um at work or situation that i think a lot of people have dealt with in their workplaces um so yeah just just uh bullies bullies that end up sort of um telling you what to do so uh, i'm trying to i'm trying to work out a way of of being quite sensitive about the information i give but um we've had a situation at our workplace whereby um we've had a relatively new person come in as as manager although i mean it feels like they've not been there for very long but they've been there for a while now and um they've just seemed to be getting everything wrong in terms of what makes um someone a decent leader um so you know things like trusting your staff like um professional respect for your staff um, treating your staff like adults, communicating mm. in a timely and appropriate manner. Um, transparency. Transparency. Um, and ultimately, all these things affect your your workload, which I think then increases the stress levels within your department. Um, so, uh, you know, one thing that I would say is really good to do is to really become au fait with your um with your hr policies (laughs) so yeah obviously other than join a union or be in a union and collectivize so that's one thing we did straight away when um when we realized that uh that this was gonna that potentially the workplace was becoming quite toxic um was just you know myself and another colleague just were like Right, how many of us are in a union, or how many of us are actively sort of like actively engaged in the union? Um, so within the last like couple of months, we've got—I mean, everyone in our department, well, staff team. Like we're a prison, so we're not that big, um, but everyone is unionized, including like the um, the main administrator. Oh wow! So um, librarians to all teaching staff um we're all we're all in a union or the union now um we've got three reps um mm-hmm. myself included so we've got a health and safety rep and then two other general reps cuz uh i think share, like sharing that load is obviously going to be really helpful in in that kind of intense workplace um but also we're all like quite on top of what 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 hr are about so um yeah I don't, I don't know how much how much to say but I think the the key to like actually where we are now which is we're kind of fighting to get this to get some accountability for this very poor manager um the key to it has been talking to each other and constantly sharing experiences but also being quite vigilant about writing stuff down. Yeah. So diarising and keeping um, yeah, just keeping records of everything that we feel and know to be um, to be wrong. So anything that, that that we know is bullying, harassment or just general incompetence, this is yeah. probably the biggest thing that we found is that um, that this you know, there's there's a lot of incompetence at the top a lot of, and that comes from not not actually knowing what your staff does like yeah, having like, no um, idea yeah. what goes on our managers have like, no idea what no we do day to day has yeah. no idea what tasks we're no. doing how much time it takes and what it means to teach um you know to teach like really vulnerable men who who live in a cell you know like 300 yards away from where they go and learn it's just like absolute madness the kinds yeah. of things they think that we um we have time to do as well so like yeah like i spent what well, i have spent quite a lot of time recently you know chasing at someone's immigration status for them you know i'm an english yeah. teacher um because not only does and, and my manager won't take that into account when when i have to say why this particular person you know is late or, or behind deadline with with a piece of work, you know, because they have to report everything back to the governor. Um, she has no idea that half of us are trying to, like, get in touch with housing, you know, housing agencies for our staff, or for our learners, or, you know, someone desperately needs a pair of glasses because they can't read what you're giving them to do. And, like, you have to find out how you get them a pair of glasses. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So... And that's just that's the pastoral side that they have no idea about. They just they also have no idea about teaching. Um,
1: them, teaching. Like actually how it Sadly, works yeah. What engages so, people? Or,
4: yeah. So yeah. I think um just really, really being quite brutal and brutally honest and say and putting it in writing that like you you've got no idea what 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 happens here. Um that's yeah. well that's something that we've been also noting down and diarising. but um, yeah, so I'd say like it's not it, although it's been really tough um it's also been great that as a staff, we are all you know together race, on this, yeah. yeah, so um, but yeah, I would say that's they're the kind of key takeaways with a with a bullying manager, is, like yeah. really hold them <laughs> to account. Um, in in minute detail as well if they don't know what they're doing then um you'll catch them out sooner or later hopefully yeah. touch wood
1: yeah we're trying a lot as it, you ever
0: really had sympathize. a bad manager lauren
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> honestly i can't like oh god <laughs> like honestly um yeah same shit different place basically like
0: so it's all teacher's fault what is the name for the listeners i'm not what is the name of that i can't say i
1: can't (laughs) say it so
0: if you subscribe on patreon uh we will (laughs) give out all the full names and addresses of all the Um, managers that we've
1: talked about absolutely not like uh like because i'm gonna slag them the fuck off (laughs) so i'm not gonna mention them um so no but it's a lot about just having zero trust in your teachers treating them like children Um, making sure that... It's almost like cult-like in the messages they send you. There's all this weird, like, collective cohesion in the exact wording that is used by SLT. Like, whoever you're talking to now, they all say the same things in the same ways. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, the trust believes that this, and thank you so much for working so hard for the trust, and Mm. blah, blah, blah. Like, it's really weird. Like, it's starting to become quite sinister. Um, So there is that.
2: Um... It has to be done like a not in an anonymous fashion to uh, be in keeping with what you've said though. But there has been some wins, hasn't there, by the unions? There have just absolutely very vague about that, but successes have been yeah. achieved recently. Um,
1: yeah, big, big, major successes, Um and it's really good because. And actually, saying all this, I've got beyond the point of anxiety now. Like I'm, I'm done. I'm done with feeling anxious. I, don't, I, I just don't care anymore. Like I'm at the point where I just don't care like no but you but do
0: care and that's why you're now right.
1: well no I care so, no yeah. I care no I, I as in I care about the like the reason I go to work is that I don't work for a brand I work for the kids that I, I go into work work for the students that's it whatever works for them and the people that are in that building and make sure that everyone's happy and healthy and learning and looked after and cared for that's what I want anything beyond that I don't give a flying F like what the trust name is who I work for like that's not why I do my job um, and they're trying to create this idea that we're somehow loyal to the the brand name of this trust. And that's where, you know, we have to just go down about like bended knee and be so grateful that, you know, we work for this amazing organisation. Um, I'm just done with it. And I've got to the point now where... You know, I, I think there's two ways you go. You know, it's like a little ruler in it, like the kids in my room constantly playing those 30 centimeter rulers, and you know they'll bend them back so far. And there's two ways it's gonna go: number one, I'll break, or number 2 it'll just snap back and fuck you back in the face. And that's where I'm at right now. And that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm not, I'm not snapping. I'm, I'm, I've, I've got to that point. And it's like twanging, twanging you in the face. Yeah. Like I've had enough. Yeah.
0: When management, when management beat you down, you just
1: twang back up yeah and, and
0: that's
4: what's happened I that's think good. that yeah that's uh, kind of what we uh, why we've had um, this like really so far successful collective action is yeah. because we've got to this either the ruler's going to snap or you know someone's yeah. going to get twanged um, <laughs> point get so, twanged so, out yeah um, and I think I think like obviously there were loads of benefits um, to teaching in a very small Mm. staff because you you are constantly talking every day and you have the space to talk to each other which i know is not the same in schools Mm. um but i just want to give a shout out actually to my colleague jenny who's um who's become i think she's uh, she has listened to quite a lot of requires improvement um and is uh, you know like we chat all the time so i think stuff like this um even though i've probably only got jenny to listen to yeah (laughs) but i think stuff like this really does help people to see see beyond like yeah but i love my job don't i and i love what i do and i love the learners and i love this and actually you know and not every day is not so bad is it and like actually see the bigger kind of systemic problems here because listening to I I often talk about now being in prisons and like oh I don't have any of the same issues as you guys um so I feel a little bit like oh you know it's much harder in schools or whatever but actually it's exactly the same it's exactly the same everything that you you've said in terms of how um management and CEOs view your students and how they view you and the sort of um you know what they're expecting you to do in very little time and the standards you're expected to keep to your the accountability measures like it's all just like, it's all the germ yeah it's it's all yeah. the same we um, about
0: the germ on the pub yet but we need to but yeah it's the same yeah. forces isn't it
4: yeah and it and i think you know i mean there are obviously like r- real problems in prison education because it's so fragmented and like private part privatized um but again, you know, we've got that with our like academies, so it's um, it is, I think, really good to 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 get everyone together to get them engaged in what 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 is going on with this like these hierarchies and these levels of 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 worker yeah and um see beyond individuals so yeah Yeah. that's been a really good another really good thing that's come out of actually is all being treated really really fucking badly yeah everyone's had enough so yeah
1: they they cry goodwill but it's like you can't now ask for our goodwill when you showed us none and actually you've you've upset everyone now and now this is kind of this is time for our for
0: Lee, well, um, but the thing is though you know if you stand up against the bullying manager aren't you a bully
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. Lee,
0: what have you got about like reactions from management to people standing up for their basic well, rights and dignity
4: indeed <laughs> uh, colleagues who feel bad because they're like well am i becoming the bad person now because i'm Trying to, I'm trying to better my work situation.
3: I mean, where to start? Okay, I will start with a positive note that um, one of the privileges of the role that I do two days a week for the union is that I get to watch um, things change when people realise their strength and they come together, right? I I look for those opportunities and sometimes they can feel very few and far between. But um, it's, you know, when you watch people like take ownership of their workplaces, even in some notional but like very like significant to them way um, yeah it's 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 you feel like you could you can see them the the secret formula working whereby things can be pushed back but it's happening in isolated pockets where you you'd hope to see it in a much more over mass way but there are inspiring stories out there Anyway, um... Yeah, uh, d- don't let the mind games get to you. Uh, I know that's easy for me to say because I'm regularly haunted <laughs> by <laughs> demons you're of you're self-doubt. we are in a mind uh, labyrinth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but honestly, um, I of all the problems that education workers have to put up with currently, I think man- management's feelings are some way down the priority list there. Doesn't mean you're uncivil, doesn't mean you're uh, provocative, but... Um, they're going to say that about anything that you do so don't worry about perhaps um trying to appear in a certain way to them it's wasted energy and i i let the members do the speaking you know in any kind of organizing like it's not me i don't anyway i don't i don't, I don't think of myself as uh, a gatekeeper of union activity i just give people advice and
0: Light, a lighter fluid.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, people, it's people, uh, people had used, as uh, Nick said on our previous episode, small acts of bravery can in, inspire colleagues and um, open up doors of opportunity.
0: But I think yeah. it's interesting because on our WhatsApp group that we have, we're sort of, at the moment, seem to be sharing a lot of emails, uh, like screenshots of emails of management being just like terrible and like reacting really really badly like little babies like whinging little babies to unions just doing what a union is is for and um you and yeah getting quite a lot of management pushback part of me is like that is a good sign like the fact that we're hearing this reaction is good because it shows that they are that people are asserting themselves and it's good and it's necessarily a confrontate you know like Lisa don't don't, you don't have to be horrible you don't want to be horrible that's going to alienate people that aren't fully on board but at the same time everything you do that is successful will cause a reaction and that's why there's this inoculation step is quite key when you're talking to your members it's like what do you think they're going to do next they're probably going to be horrible aren't they yes and then they're horrible (laughs) and then it's like well I told you and that is kind of the nature of the relationship like oh I thought we were nice nope it doesn't matter but then that said like when you are trying to get letters together or motions or whatever together and you've got those members who are saying oh can we just edit the tone like it is a bit annoying like I had to send off this grenade in the post to this to the um, to management and there was loads of members being like oh can we change this bit and that and it was annoying me a little bit but then I was thinking you know what just let them let them change the tone because it doesn't matter. It doesn't actually matter. Like, oh, we don't need to be as aggressive as that. Like, well, we should. They're going to treat everything as aggressive. So actually it doesn't mind. So, so, you know, I'm saying it doesn't matter if if I put in the, um, you know, directly targeting this guy's, how much he's paid. Uh, Members saying, oh, we're better than that. It's like, well, all right, fine. He's going to react badly, whatever we do. (laughs) So yeah, fair enough. They can tone down the language, whatever. Like as long as the action itself is substantial and you have like mass member support, yeah, um, that's the biggest thing, then, isn't then, it? Then that, that's, that's cool. the important thing, really. Um, okay, so we dealt with the. Is there anything else on uh, terrible managers?
1: Oh god, there's so much. Oh, I had, story, I had a story. I had a story to time. fit in. So I had
0: one story to fit in. Uh, so a local school, which is like, I think, is it a good place to work? person' talking about? Like. Um, I think some people like teaching though, although it is quite chaotic. It's the school in in the city that we're in where they have the most um it's makes it sound bad, but like the most like ethnic diversity there. They have a lot of it seems to be a school where they kind of they take more uh, kids from sort of difficult backgrounds and refugee uh children and stuff. So it's like very kind of wide, like ethnic makeup of the, the school, um which doesn't make it that's not the reason why it's bad to teach in. The reason why it can be bad to teach in is because you've got this... Um,
4: well, you've got, like, I think it's 40% ESOL or something. Yeah, so, you've so got, there's no... Resu-
0: it's the complete lack of resources to yeah, do what you... got high sort of,
4: needs, low resources.
0: Yeah, yeah, high needs, low resources. And then also, like, management on top they are obsessed with a kind of um, uh, whizzy corporate style to everything, um, which is completely stupid. But basically, yeah. bad behaviour that wasn't really being dealt with um, properly. And basically what happened was uh, management went away over the summer and they read a book and then they come and they do a presentation about the little book they read <laughs> it's like oh they really think they love this job they read books and they think about the things they're gonna do and as this teacher was telling me um this story i was like was it paul dicks uh, uh when adults change and the book basically because my school management read this book this book and then uh, took, basically took away our behaviour system and the school went to complete bedlam. And the same thing happened at this person's school. Now, this book, I don't think it is that bad. Like, the stuff I've heard about this book, like, the things I've seen that actually come out of it are, like, quite good. It's like, oh, school should be about relationships and yada, 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 this is what's important. But what management do is they read it and they go, hey, if we just get rid of the behaviour system, then maybe... Um, Maybe things will work. And so what management did is they got rid of the behaviour system at this school and they said, let's replace the behaviour system with one side of A4. And I think they got everyone into a big uh, meeting room for this. And they're like, one side of A4, turn over the piece of paper that's under your chair. And on the side of A4, it just said, good vibes only. What? <laughs> this is not I a lie. Joking. I'm not joking. This, this, is, this is completely true.
4: I didn't know she was
0: note. being sarcastic. No, <clears throat> no, 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 it's true. Yeah, it just yeah. said good vibes only on this one side of A4. And um, of course, uh, <laughs> that went really badly. Oh, um, complete chaos. Now, like as in, as there is in a school that is in um, complete chaos. So some...
4: during COVID as well. All during or not, yeah, 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 during pandemic so was, as well.
0: All that stuff. D- yeah,
1: they were still trying to come up with new <laughs> behaviour systems in a pandemic.
0: Lauren, have you just thought about just having good vibes only, and then that was... <laughs> Oh god! I actually you told that story before, and
2: I actually um, was talking to an anarchist who was, I think, also quite proud of being a sovereign citizen. You know so right? And it, he had ideas of how um, schools would be really good if they just didn't have any rules. And I described to him out the fact that it was a new act, um, sort of tendency of CEO types to have exactly the same thought as him. And it's funny the way you said both came to the same idea.
0: <laughs> so it continues, but they so they basically as in a school in chaos, you have some classrooms. The cut the classrooms. Are are the kind of beacons of calm like if you've got some teachers that are just like holding the line some departments that are supporting each other and just like holding the line and those are the safe spaces for the kids that just really don't want it to be like that and um, what happened was like some of the departments um, got together basically the department heads and just like went to management and said we're going to invent our own behaviour system we're going to have a partner classroom system so we'll just kick kids out and they'll go into another class and we'll just work and management were like no you're not allowed to do that good vibes only taps the sign and they were like <laughs> we're just we're just going to do that we're just going to do, we're not going to listen to you because it, it's bad it's unsafe it we're just, gonna, good vibes in that we're just classroom going
1: to we're so just going to we're just
0: yeah we're just going to do it anyway and management were really really annoyed but they basically couldn't say anything because the departments are like very high high performing and like and just like good and what can management do like if you're just going to you know they can't be in all places and basically that kind of felt like, and then and then sort of six months to a year later after like just complete chaos in the corridors really unsafe and not good for kids uh, management had to basically just admit, admit they were wrong yeah. Admit they were. I th- I th- no it was long because at first they said it wasn't that bad because you had the remnants of the behaviour system functioning yeah. and then over time they did have to um did have to admit that they were that they were wrong
2: I'm surprised that the people with the the little behavioural system within the good vibes only didn't just say when they were told that they couldn't have it that complaining about what they do or do not have was bad vibes and they should go away because it's
0: good vibes and leave us to it. Because remember, again, you get that kind of thing from management where it's like, oh, if behaviour's bad in your classroom, that must be your fault. You're doing something wrong. It's like, hmm, nothing to do with the poverty... Or the lack of resources, or the fact the kids been told off for a hundred different pointless little things before they've even got to my classroom, yep. um, and then the fact that they know that if I need to remove them from my classroom, you won't do it. Um, yeah, all those other things as well. But um, yeah, they're, they're, they're bad people.
4: I mean, like yeah, the, the in principle, like the like those kinds of two strikes and you're out um, behavior policies they're not they're not great 'cause it's no. the same kids all the time, et cetera, but I think, yeah, in case anyone misinterprets our um our kind of tittering at this at this policy, it's actually the the fact that it just wasn't really thought out well, right, <laughs> was, and there was no yeah and there was no was there was just... no time to actually think about a wholesale change in the way that you do behavior in classroom it wasn't it wasn't um like a there culture. was no yeah Surely. exactly yeah there was n- none of that it just was another like l- like guy reading a book who thinks he's just solved solved everything even though he has no idea what goes on in a classroom again yeah but he read a book can't mm. remember yeah okay.
2: I know. yeah like, fair play he can read come on <laughs> <laughs> the behaviour systems in schools in secondary schools haven't worked in them since um September they are whack they're crazy and the sort of dynamics that they create between the kids and the teachers is just weird like you having normal conversations with kids sometimes it's a battle because they've got so many barriers to Mm -hmm. do with how yeah their behavior is already they're worrying it's being perceived in a negative light if they're slightly off task you try and talk to them about it and how to help them you know get stuff done get not not get in trouble but they are poised to have a fight or lie through their teeth and you're just kind of like, it's all right, mate, it's all right, mm. we're going to be fine. Just calm down.
0: Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we are, we are basically abolitionists as a podcast, but, you know, again, it's not, we're not, like, saying harsher behaviour systems now, but there is a time to do those things. And you also can't have no behaviour system when the relationship's are shit and there's no funding and you've got 30 kids and It just wouldn't work. The point is that you you get to a position... Where you, and it will the the state will wither away. There we go. That's the <laughs> The idea is that the yeah RTL will simply wither away as a bourgeois distraction mm. it will be smashed, uh, and then it will wither away because we smashed it. <laughs> um, okay, so um, next segment is to talk about um, a podcast that uh, lots of the people are talking about, uh, which is the Trojan Horse theory podcast is what it's called um so i've listened to it all lee's listened to a bit of it and the others haven't really listened to it um but we were kind of requested to cover it on twitter because um it has links with education um and yeah it's just like quite generally interesting so i'm not gonna put in loads of spoilers um because obviously you want people still want to go and listen to it, but uh, there's a few things that I will just just say that happen. Now, If you really don't want to hear any any anything that comes from it, then just go and listen to it first. But to be honest, we're mainly going to talk about the um, the kind of school linked things in it, um, but it's so it's so dense and like so many different lo- little procedurally type things that um, even if you listen to this, it probably won't ruin it. it probably will just help with you understanding what, what the fuck's going on. Um, but basically, the Trojan Horse letter is this infamous letter in, was it, like, 2014 or something? Ish. Yeah. Um, Where it's this letter that is basically a renowned hoax, completely made up, um, where the accusation is that this uh, Muslim school governor um, was trying to set up uh, a way of, like, infiltrating schools with uh, radicalised... Islamists to go into schools and um, completely change them. Uh, the letter's like really obviously a complete hoax, but basically the journalists didn't really look into it properly. The local councillors didn't even really look into it properly. Um, and as a result, it's kind of ruined loads of people's careers in education, but also the government picked up on it. So Michael Gove, the Secretary of Education then, um, picked up on it. And the this letter and the cases around this letter were used to... Strengthen up the prevent again agenda in schools. We used to um, push the British values agenda type thing to push that into schools. Um, and um, also, as a kind of like direct result at this school, like um, after, so it's like a Muslim, uh, Pakistani Muslim majority. School in Birmingham, they had um, really really bad outcomes for the kids. Lots of the staff were um, like quite racist and had some pretty racist views about the kids, isn't like, Oh, they will literally, they can never do any better than this. So, so fuck them. Then you've got these um, Muslim governors who are starting to take control over um, what happens in the school, like pushing, you know, saying that these kids can be good if we actually like support them and are good and we can, we the community can help the school. Look, we can all work together and make the school better, which is you know, in loads of ways, is what we really want. From an education system, we want community buy-in. We want good schools that serve the, the community. Um, um, but yeah, basically, all this, this whole scandal happened. Uh, lots of teachers lost their jobs. Lots of people were disgraced, run through the mill of, of public opinion. Um, and one of the ways that they uh, like tried to show that the school was improving after they would kind of sacked everyone, and, you know, got everyone away, is they brought in like combined cadet force uh, at this at this school. Um, as a way of kind of um, further embedding kind of British values into these uh, (laughs) like young uh, children, immigrants or children of immigrants um, school. Um, So I guess the the kind of things that are worth mentioning like now is like there's a kind of like, because you've got this like American journalist and then a um, British uh, Muslim from Birmingham, who are the kind of journalists doing the uh, do it doing the podcast? There's this kind of like mild, kind of anti, anti-trade union stuff all the way through it. I'm not saying they're like super reactionaries, but they're just kind of like slightly dismissive, slightly weird thing. Like, for example, they don't actually go and try and talk to any um, any union members specifically. Like they're doing all this evidence of like evidence gathering stuff, like interviewing people, going to great lengths to interview people, looking through like, you know, reams and rooms of council documents, but at no point do I remember they said they speak to a union rep which is interesting because the rep actually is one of the people that does actually um write a letter at some point in the story and like does actually do something good for one of the members um but at no point do they like go and speak to a district secretary from around that time because it's like well the district would actually know what was going on like you know there there were union members uh who are like constantly organizing around all the issues within the schools and I just think for journalists not even like to look those people up just seems a bit weird. I don't know. Maybe they did and they got nothing. But for me, it just seems weird that there was no one they could talk to that had information f- f- from the right perspective that they could go to and that would tell them loads of stuff, which just seems a bit weird. And there's other stuff where they are like they talk about this school and they're like, "Oh, this school had um, is notorious for having like having real issues," um, you know. And the, the hint is that the you know, school's got issues because it's got a really strong union and like in, in the uk teaching unions are really strong and like it's impossible to fire people and in this uh it's to tell that to people put on support plans and stuff but like yeah yeah this uh the school's really it's been really bad they've had you know because of the union's been like notorious and strong they've got like they've had seven different head teachers in only a few years and it's like all right was it the the union members that were appointing those heads was it or they bullying management cunts and they had to be gone rid of. <laughs> you know, so it's just that kind of weird thing. It's like, why not talk to them as a school where there's... Yeah, anyway, that because you do hear that. There is, like... there is like I've, I've heard that about schools, especially when I first started training. It's like, what's that school like? It's like, oh, oh the union's quite strong there and, that you know, the head's trying to make changes and the union won't let them. It's like, I bet they're bad changes. Yeah, <laughs> I bet there's yeah. bad things that they're trying to push through. Um, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's definitely an interesting podcast. It's worth listening to just just to like show the kind of deep embedded racism and Islamophobia in British society. I think it, it does well in attacking the... It kind of shows up the, the, the British Humanist Association, um, which is really good. Like they're kind of non-entity thing that aren't, aren't really talked about. And now it's like, you know, I am to an extent a humanist because I'm a I'm a socialist but I would also classify a lot of Christianity as humanist as well to be honest because of the the emphasis based on on um on human life and things like that the british humanist association though i guess is a I'm not saying all humanists in the association are bad <laughs> but if your aim is like de-secularization of all society you know if your if your general aim is to try and eradicate all religion from public life to make society better then you're probably going to do some racism and not be the good guys in the whole thing. So that was quite interesting that they that they they were mentioned and like and hacked into and stuff. Um, but um, yeah, and just like the failure of journalism to do anything important. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it's it's really interesting to to see where stupid things like British values come from. Um, but yeah, I don't know what Lee's take on it is. I know it might be interesting I mean, to hear what, what British values seems like to other no, people. well. No, like.
3: I, I think it's fair to point out the blind spots in in their sort of well, the ideological framing of their coverage. But it is a very listenable and worthwhile podcast to listen to. Um, for me, it's like all good. Uh, stories in education. Uh, it's about a, <laughs> in, uh, chronic abuse of power uh, across multiple state institutions. You know, from a school level on upwards. Um, the circumstances surrounding the Trojan Horse affair are just about people uh, carrying out insane grudges, um, weaponizing race to carry out a racist agenda. It's uh, it, there is some extraordinary shit going on in this podcast. That goes right to the top of the same political party that still rules us now, and yeah, well, I think the Trojan horse affair itself is worth knowing about. But what it shows us about the bigger picture is it's it's what well, it horrifying, and uh, it's it's why, funnily enough, unions might actually be the only way of pushing back or defending against this shit. Um, I I still haven't finished it. I'm only on episode three, but uh, that's the Trojan Horse Affair. It's free, and it's annoying that there's... Oh, I tell you what, it's it's actually really bad, the adverts in the middle of the episodes, because one is this, like... do you want some online counselling to help you with all your personal problems? Oh, yeah. And like, I'm listening to this podcast that is like sending me on a nihilistic tailspin. Oh, and like, the God. intermission is, "Hey, buddy, <laughs> <laughs> feeling blue, there, son? <laughs> Bet you are. <laughs> what are, the,
0: what are." the,
3: it's like a feeling fish oh. in their barrel. <laughs>
0: The bit in, there's a bit in that, as one as well, it's like an advert for National Geographic and I, I try and skip through it with like thirty second skips through and there's one which is just these people sounding amazed by these little things it's like, so there's like a village in India that grows saffron like a whole village that grows a dry saffron it's just like, yeah, I'm sure there is but it's just, that's the bit that kept cat coming up for me it's this guy's like perpetually amazed by, by that poverty that would cause a whole village to do the same boring thing. But,
2: yeah. <laughs> Is it going to turn out that this thing's run by an algorithm of the two of you just got the adverts that
4: you...
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was talking about Saffron the other day.
3: Yeah.
4: They haven't even got an Alexa. Right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm in their target demographic of being near or experiencing a nervous breakdown. <laughs>
0: So, I mean, the, yeah. So the, I guess the, the. I mean, talking. It's worth talking about the British values thing because if you're not a teacher, you wouldn't necessarily know that schools, as part of the kind of like PSHE. Um, Uh, life-skilly-type guidance, Um, supposed to teach British values, which...
1: By the way, those words are in inverted commas when we're saying them, just so you're aware.
0: Now, I wasn't born born in this country, uh, as one of my students once reminded me before I threw him out of the classroom, and then he said, but wait, you think Winston Churchill was racist, but he's a national hero. But I was reminded that I wasn't born in this country, so I'm not very good at the British values, so I can't often remember all of them. But to any of you who... Are all more British than me would I, you know what they are
4: I have to have a poster in a mandate it's mandatory that we all have a poster in our rooms that um states all the British values and and it's a mandatory part of our curriculum There's your poster to...
0: from home that you brought in because because I am more
4: know British than me um to- uh tolerant like British values is tolerance um individual liber- liberty rule of, rule law. of law um the democracy, one of them, so like,
2: yeah. Yeah. but also the Queen.
0: It's mm. isn't the Queen one,
4: no, no,
0: the monarchy is a thing. I
4: think it was,
2: it's that's some, a
0: compulsory unit weird. somewhere.
4: It might be a unit in like that yeah. you have to teach as part of British values, yeah. module, but it's not one of the, I mean, like the Queen <laughs> isn't <Something laughs> like some like a subheading of the British values. She's well, she's reader. she
0: invented all the values, I think that's where yeah. it came from originally,
4: yeah. Um. Oh yeah, free freedom of no expression. No, um, no, that's a
3: human right. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. There's five of us here. We could Google it at any time, but it's just <laughs> it's just not worth it. This, <laughs> yeah. <nice>. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this makes better content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: If you, yeah, if you want to know what, what the British, British are, value is you yeah. could look them up. But I mean the point, so that you're supposed to teach these things, and they're supposed to be like weaved through uh, the curriculum. Um, but it's a c- completely stupid thing because this has been done, oh, how do we stop uh, dangerous Muslim radicals from radicalising the kids? I know. We'll make them feel as un-British as possible. We'll create these things and we'll push them further and further away from this thing that they're already very deeply integrated into by the fact that they're, like, second or third generation. <laughs> um, so, And they already thought they were British until you started telling them that they weren't. Yeah. Um, which is just yeah, really weird and annoying and stupid, and um, yeah, I guess we kind of touch on the, touch on the kind of government constantly trying to like put schools into the culture war and uh, Zahavi's new, new thing. But yeah, I mean the idea that as part of my job, I have to uncritically shill for the royal family and their like pedo non swing, <laughs> but confirmed, but. If I accidentally said something like I vote in elections for this person rather than that person for reasons which I think are true and not just like matters of opinion, then that could possibly get me in trouble. I do do all those things anyway. I'm not very, I'm not cautious about those things. I don't think anyone else should be, to be honest. But um, but yeah, that is just kind of slightly mental thing. Or the idea that there's like some kind of rule of law, again, when you've got pedos where you've got police um, sharing WhatsApp WhatsApp groups where they're saying the most fucking outrageous insane things insane things the idea that you couldn't like have an opinion like maybe there should be fewer police um, is, is crazy
3: I'm uh, actually quite pleased with how the police are doing recently because because um, if if I was running their Public relations department, like literally, if they just put me in charge of it with everything that I intend for that institution, I'd be doing the exact same job that they've been doing for the past few months. If I wanted to make everyone hate the police, I'd be the police right now. They're doing a, doing a fantastic job.
0: They are professionals, <laughs> uh, boys in boys in blue, innit? <laughs> you know what's weird? What, one weird thing about the police that links with schools, I oh, have actually talked about that before. But it's the fact it's the only part of adult society where women wear ties. So kids... We have talked about this when we did uniforms. We did, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but we didn't say that. We yeah. cut for good reasons. And then we cut, we cut a bit.
4: It. <laughs> oh, anyway, yes.
0: Anyway, fine. Never mind. So... Um, but anything we else tell,
4: we can tell that joke now though because no, mm. no. <laughs> I don't
1: think we
0: should. subscribe to patreon and we only fans uh, and we'll send <laughs> you uh, naked pictures and jokes about uh, public executions so the
2: oh.
0: uh, that the police carry out true
2: um.
0: <laughs> um. anything up. yeah, yeah. Does, anyone, does anyone else want to say anything about this uh, podcast that they haven't heard No, You can. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm just. I'm interested to hear it. But Mm, yeah, yeah, it's quite good. Um, And yeah, it's just. Again, it is interesting how little, little journalism there is around schools. Even though everyone goes to school and most people have kids in a school, like just how poor the public education of what is happening in schools is. And this is why we do the podcast, really, because you still talk to clued up clued up friends or um generally clued up people who are people who go to ask for information about loads of things and people who read more than you and stuff uh and then you say you work in a school and they're like is that an academy and it's like they're all academies basically yeah. that's a huge like that that's such an obvious question yes and then and then but actually they don't really know what academies are because the, the propaganda around academies seem to get through to people you know, what is an academy it's like
2: I think lots of people work in academies
0: don't really know. What yeah, they well, exactly. Are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the what is an academy is different. It's like, oh, well, what are, what do you think an academy is? Well, I think it's these schools that have got a bit more flexibility to kind of do what they want, and they <laughs> are run by a kind of board of teachers and stuff. No. That's the perfect propaganda that has come through. But um, but I don't, yeah, in some ways, in the Trojan horse thing, it does explain what a good school system would look like in, in a way that you have lots of buy in from from the local community that want to make it better. Now, I'm not saying that there were no bad things that happened in the school like there were. And I'm not saying that there weren't cases where the wrong people were in charge of schools. Like there is the, the the school in Derby, the um, Al, uh, what's it called? What's Al Medina school in Derby? That does seem to like be a case of, and again, I haven't looked into it in loads of detail, but I did just double check it wasn't exactly the same case. But it did seem that that school was like run as a free school. It was the first like islamic run free school sorry but not all muslims sort of thing it was um yeah run by bad people and they just did it badly and they just weren't following basic health and safety stuff um they did you look at what the unions were saying about it they were like this is not good they were not treating staff properly and that came out and then the school got shut down it just does seem like a much more clear case of like things being run badly but it was to say if you're going to criticize muslim education for like trying to separate the sexes you just look at like British boarding schools yeah. through history um, or Catholic schools in that in that way. But, yeah. Anyway. From a Trojan horse uh, theory to a horse shoe theory, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: this is a new segment um, which we don't really have a good title for yet, but um, at the moment it is called Did You Know? Uh, colon... An incorrect liberal story of the world, uh, where we like to debunk all the liberal bullshit that people teach kids all the time, even though it's completely wrong and not true. Um, So, Lee, take it away.
3: Well, uh, we've been in discussions recently about how to uh, represent uh, politics in diagrammatical form. And, you know, there's uh, age-old debates about can politics be put on a spectrum? Or perhaps on an axis? Or perhaps on some madly fucking incoherent PowerPoint that you've given someone five minutes to read over before they tell 32 kids about it? Um, One of these recently, we encountered some resources about extremism and how, you know, in whatever direction you go in politics, careful now, don't be too extreme, or, or you might up, you might end up at the wrong end of the horseshoe, and they're both bad. One is communism, and the other is genocidal fascism. Because they're the same thing, folks. Even though they were at war
0: with each other, are they but- ends of the horseshoe
3: they almost meet in the middle what has four legs a horse (laughs) your ideological horse is in the middle of the lane with its four hooves distributed equally astride in a rectangular (laughs) format it No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nonsense bollocks idea to actually make an excuse for what the real uh, mainstream function of opinion is. It's to drag you from the centre to the right. Most of how everything is framed in bog-standard education resources, on the BBC news, out of the mouths of well-intentioned but ultimately quite stupid moderates, um, is designed to stop you critiquing society It's designed to disempower you. It's designed to make uh, sticking up for yourself seem weird or caring about anything really fucking like, oh, um, you know... I always, I've always had this um, uh, sort of blog from uh, a website called Media Media Lens. There are uh, a couple of Buddhists who do like critical analysis of the of the news, and uh, they they Buddhists they yeah they, Is ha- it they and they hone in they hone in on this one episode of Only Fools and Horses, right, where Rodney decides he's going to become a Marxist revolutionary. <laughs> Could He suddenly starts spouting off about the workers and caring for the people. But the lesson of the episode, the culmination of the plot, the denouement of this dramatic device, is that uh, Rodney wasn't, in fact, a communist. He just needed to find a girlfriend. And then he stopped being a communist. Because who would do that, right? Only fools and horses. They're just like you. Well, aren't we all? Only fools and horses. Uh, <laughs> I mean, whom amongst us? Uh, no, uh, so we've got a bit of a yeah, problem only with... Only Fools um, and
0: Horseshoes, there we go. That's the title for the thing. Hmm? Only Fools and Horseshoes. Okay, nice. There we go. I'm writing <gasps> yeah! it down. I knew um, we'd sort it. Well done, everyone.
3: I mean, look, anyone who tries to posit uh, some kind of one model for how to see politics is instantly suspect and should not be in anywhere near a classroom, never mind anywhere near informed debate. So... Um,
0: talk more about your point it was the same when we were getting ready was that um, if you try and it, it actively confuses children yes and they they bring it up at times and it's just like imagine trying to understand the world if you think the communists and Nazis are exactly the same in all in all ways how could you possibly understand the
3: world? Yeah. yeah, it's disempowering. You you will come away from that just so confused. You, you're just going to go on to get played and played and misled about the fucking way you can see the world. Uh, it's pernicious, and that's why we are stagging it off on our podcast.
1: And hmm. even think- just the way the, the logo is designed, because like, the fact that the horseshoe is upside down, because like, aren't horseshoes supposed to be on the wall with the um, trough... Like at the bottom, so it's like a bowl, not like a... Especially on a horse. yeah yeah, okay but like the point is when people put shoes on walls you're not supposed to let the stuff fall out the bottom because it's unlucky now the the one that I saw on the um, PowerPoint was the exact opposite so the top the centrist bit was at the top so the curve was at the top Mm. and the sort of ends were at the bottom which is the exact opposite of how it's going to be so it's still like even the way it's upside down and wrong number one (laughs) number two is the fact that by making it upside down and wrong what they're trying to do is put centrism at the top as though that somehow Oh, good look at centuries in the top and they can all fall away down to the bottom like all of it conspiracy. is yeah that's yeah. Yeah, that yeah. Is know, is. it's not
3: even a real part <laughs> yeah. but,
1: but just like no but just even the way no but I'm thinking about the, the image like because Leo was saying how can you understand the world if you saw it and I was thinking like from a, from a visual point of view like even just what it says to you visually we <laughs> don't even understand it just like this is good and this is bad like it, it does
0: well I like the idea of go- it, it's like have you seen that f- uh, documentary called American factory where there's Americans in a factory and they're trying to unionise and then they're union busting and there's a powerpoint that management have made there's all these Chinese um, workers that come in and they're trying to get them on board because they have to have a union vote and management basically make this powerpoint which is a diagram between management workers the union and they're like as you can see from this diagram, my, the union gets in the way of effective communication <laughs> between the, the management and the workers. And it's like, you've just made that diagram yourself. Like, yeah. it's like as you can see from this thing I've just made,
1: yeah, that's what my I mean, point that's is proved
0: point. and it's really wrong.
1: Yeah, um,
0: and it's the same, yeah, it's showing. like, the, as you can see from this horseshoe that I drew and yeah. put the points onto, these two things are exactly the same. Yeah, and they're but
1: and they're on the, the bottom, they're the bottom of the pot. Like, it's just, it's
0: all. It's... But it's my, my line on these things is like, because obviously you do want to protect yourself you don't I, I don't want to trick the kids into into agreeing with me like i want to show them what the world is and then to realize that i'm completely right about everything so and also like if you push on someone too much they're just going to do the opposite especially if that person's a teacher so my line with things where, where people are a little bit like oh you know we're not supposed to indoctrinate them sort of thing my line is okay i've done i'm not going to force them to believe what i believe but i'm not going to teach them anything that's not true yeah, I'm not going to teach them anything that's not true, yeah. and you can say that again if yeah. someone's being like uncritical and kind of crap, and they're saying like, "Here's the horseshoe theory." Oh, it's just the easiest way of teaching. It's like it's not true. It's not true. It's not yeah. true. Here's some reasons why it's not true. Here's a better way of doing it, and they'll have to they'll have to give in. And that's that's why I'm ultimately not that like massively worried about. Sahari writing this, whatever, 45-page report of like things you are and aren't allowed to say. So I'm just going to keep saying the same things. And ultimately, management is still cowardly and they resist you doing the right things on Black Lives Matter and education stuff. But um, but uh, some stuff is true and some stuff isn't uh, yeah. to an extent. And um, I think we should just try and hold to that.
3: And also the kids can tell what you think.
0: They're like, And if you try and hide that
3: from them... They tune out because they know you're being disingenuous. So it's far more empowering for them to just know, you know, up front what the teacher thinks. But then the actual lesson is work it out for your fucking self. You know, <laughs> like, I'm not gonna, I'm not actually gonna tell you to think what I think. But if this lesson is worth any of our time, you might be closer to my position by the end of it. But if you're not, you're not. I tried. At least I tried. And um Yeah. Something I'm quite proud of recently is that I did an hour-long assembly for Holocaust Memorial Week. I was proud of it because I I was able to do... Uh, the history justice as much as you can in an hour I was able to signal complexity and like sort of try and um, draw together as many different ways that historians have tried to understand this event but it touches on philosophy it touches on what history is for um, and you know I I managed to shoehorn in some things that people don't often think about but like um, even uh, popular and you know accessible uh examples of the holocaust in culture like you know media products like the boy in the striped pajamas even to an extent when hollywood has attempted to depict you know these these you know unimaginably horrifying events um when when it when it's wrong out in the popular discourse when you know for artistic license or for reasons of just not being very good at representing history um you know that there is stuff that kids regularly access about the holocaust that uh, actually obfuscates the true extent of things it often reframes the perpetrators or is very a kind of perpetrator uh, perspective that's being offered um yeah. So I managed to get some of that critical history as in the Holocaust was not any, uh, one particular experience, depending on who you are, depending on when you are, it's going to appear as, as different things, to, you know, it, and I obviously made sure I accounted for all the different types of victims and thought, talked about how if World War Two had gone differently, the Holocaust was merely stage one of a much more horrifying plan. You know, I was able to get that stuff in there and, um, our registration periods are only half an hour long so I went a bit long editorial license I'll try and make it shorter next time but that's an example of where like I don't think teachers should be afraid of calling out bad history or false ideas or misleading representations whether it's the horseshoe theory or whether it's uh, reducing the holocaust to a health and safety accident involving some Germans who were supposed to feel sorry for when their kids die in World War II yeah, anyway,
4: uh- <laughs> yeah, it's really important and it definitely needs to start there, like, you know, like um, kind of being very clear about about groups and, and the way people have organised themselves and, um, you know, like, yeah, political, the political landscape. Because we have situations in prison now where you've got um, quite a few anarchists in jail and you know, a lot of them linked to the Kill the Bill protests. And, um, you know, I've got colleagues that are like, oh, yeah, he's in jail because he's an anarchist. And you're sort of like, you know, do you know what that is? Do you know what they've been doing? Do you know what that means? And, it, and it's quite clear that they don't. They've just been told by the powers that be that these are um, extremists, like, you know, they're, they're, te- they're tantamount to terrorists. Um, and, and some of them may well be, they may well, you know, have... gone a bit mental or you know whatever but the just the word itself has this kind of like mysterious you know kind of you know extremist connotation to it for a lot of a lot of people in you know who I work with because because they probably you know their brains like you know switch back to that horseshoe when they when they're just, in school, I'm and just and trying I, to
0: see where anarchism is on the horseshoe. And look.
3: I think it usually gets labelled with communism. They're interchangeable. Yeah. They're yeah. interchangeable. It's not actually on this one. Um, and I, you know, I do
4: remember being at school and and just, um, just being like, that can't that can't be right because pretty sure my dad's a communist <laughs> and my granddad and grandma are communists. but like they're telling me they're the same as nazis you know like it, it it's just it is mind-blowing that um that with that this that's still like used in schools like yeah but yeah I, it's really important and it's definitely something we should talk about the the whatever fool only fools and horseshoes
3: Just if issues are taught with a sort of theory of critical reasoning and allowing children to come to their own conclusions at the core of it, um, it shouldn't matter what the ideology of the teacher really is. But obviously, we know in reality, you know, until we uh, get more people thinking like us in the profession, there's going to be a lot of dog shit PSHE getting taught, you know? (laughs) Sadly, but it's something to work on. And, you know, certainly at Nick's school, there's actually all union collective efforts to improve dogshit resources that are just t- teaching untrue things and leading kids to wildly.
0: Well, pushing back. Conclusion. Pushing back on insanely racist stuff that we were told to talk, even though it's insanely racist anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Um, uh, do we do an that do you want to do this? is the singing thing no oh we can talk about UCU strike maybe just instead yeah yeah um, so far oh sorry well the other thing I was going to say we will do a whole lesson we will do a whole lesson oh god we'll do a whole podcast yeah. on the curriculum at some point I think uh, we wanted to get yeah. Tom uh, involved uh, as well for when we do that but yeah curriculum is a big is a big thing we need to discuss and yeah that can go on for ages we can just do a whole one on that um but just before we leave, just a quick, outstanding kind of shout out, uh, which is to all the uh, members in our sister union, uh, which is the UCU, who are currently on strike for numerous uh, reasons. Uh, and, um, yeah, they've done some properly good organising Um yeah they're just they're just smashing Ooh, it really
3: maximum solidarity yeah nice one
0: um you know big pickets it's half term next week depending on when this goes out but like if you if, if you're part-time or you're on half term whatever you should definitely try and go to a ucu picket um every city with the university has probably got a university of education bit um where there'll be teachers you know or people that work with teachers there um it's really, really important to show that support and solidarity because you've got the right wing press just telling them they're, they're lazy and they're stupid and they're rubbish, um, but we know they're not, and what they're doing is completely right and completely justified. And um, yeah, I don't know what the path to victory looks like, but they've got loads more strike days. Uh, this, there's loads of student support um, and, and
3: occupations kicking off. <laughs>
0: yes, that's that's really cool as well. So like you know maximum solidarity, all the students going out and occupying things. Um, amazing organising work from everyone it's like you know it's not an easy thing to do it's pretty stressful yeah. and if you know someone that's university uh, staff or you know in that union or even if you're one of your friends partners is um you need to buy them a pint you need to buy them <laughs> a meal like they are going to lose pay like quite a lot of pay for doing this and standing up for themselves um so everyone listening to this owes someone who's on strike um a beer a meal um to go to the picket yeah, something yeah. like that okay you have been uh listening to requires improvement um really appreciate any uh messages you send us any rates uh ratings you do any shares um you can listen to us on soundcloud or spotify or itunes or some of the little pod apps seem to have just like sapped up the data and they work as well so any like shares and things like that little messages to tell us that we're not um Wasting our time and that all this is <laughs> kind of worth, it, it would be great as well. Um, so it's goodbye from uh, me and uh, goodbye from everyone. I see you. See you next time. All right. see you. bye bye. bye.
4: bye.